0: Now serving B24 at DMV window number 7. Okay,
1: Jim. We're next in line. Perfect, Jim. Things are going very smoothly. You remember the cell phone bill? Yes, and the birth certificate. Nice. We'll have a real ID in no time. That's right. Ready to fly to Carla's graduation and then the big game. Real great work, Jim. You too, Jim.
0: Excuse me, are you talking to yourself? Now serving B25
1: at window number 10. That's our cue, Jim. Excuse us. Talk yourself into real ID readiness by May 3rd, 2023. Make a plan at dhs.gov slash real ID.
0: This is Jen Kelly with the Louisiana Hospitality Foundation, and you're listening to Flourish Truly. Good evening, beautiful people, and happy Tuesday. This is Tina and Jeff with this week's episode of Flourish Truly. Hey Jeff, happy Tuesday.
1: Oh man, I'm. I, you know, I I did not get much sleep last night. I'm not sure why. I wonder why. I might have I might've stayed up a little too late, and of course, uh, I may have had uh, one one too many whiskeys. That's a possibility. But I'm just saying, uh, when you're on edge, and you know why, you know. I know exactly why. It
0: happens. <laughs> but but so, doing well. Doing well. Our beloved Saints pulled out a win last night,
1: miraculously. <laughs> Miraculous is the best way to describe that, yes.
0: Because their kicker is known for the nickname, was did I hear that right? Money Badger? Oh, yeah.
1: They say, here comes the Money
0: Badger. And well. so, lo and behold, we go into overtime and... The Chargers have the ball. They march down the field. They go to kick the field goal, and their clutch money badger. <laughs> so weird. <laughs> kicker doinks the ball, and it bounces off the post. And of course, you know we we win. So um, it was uh, it was a crazy game, a tale of two halves.
1: <laughs> a tale of two halves. Um, you know, it was funny because going into Monday Night Football, and everybody's talked about the success that Drew Brees has had on Monday night and in prime time. And uh, what we saw last night was a guy in the first half who was breaking records, who was playing unbelievable football. And it was not Drew Brees. Drew Brees was the guy who looked like the rookie. It was, it was opposite in the first half last night. Of course, things changed uh, as we got to the second half, but, A lot of head scratching is this, you know, uh, Justin Herbert, a young kid is coming in and it only becomes what the fourth quarterback in history, or third quarterback in history, to throw three touchdown passes yes. on his Monday Night Football debut. And I, I actually
0: mean, know, actually know a little bit about him because I remember him from the Rose Bowl, and I watched the combine, and I, I remember watching him with Dan. And I said, "This kid's got something. He's yeah. got something."
1: Yeah. So and he's, and he's losing in heartbreaking fashion. Yes, this um, is the
0: second game that they've lost by one point. Yeah, he's going to this-
1: have. He's going to have a tremendous career, and yes. I I really wish him the best. And uh, it was it, it sucks that the Chargers had to lose that way, but it's a victory that we desperately needed. This city we was did. finally uh, feeling you know uh, that that after prime time winning feeling again. You could see it around town because we're so in prime time. And
0: exactly. I mean, Drew he's he's undefeated against his old team. He's four and zero. So, I mean, I, 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 going into this game, I was, you know, I was optimistic because of last week and I have said all along that I thought we were going to be at four and one going into the bye week or three and two. So that's not bad. Not bad. Um, there, there, there were some, really positive things to take away from the game last night. Emmanuel Sanders, who you know that I have, I love him. I've advocated for him. I was excited when I heard that we possibly were trying to sign him. He
1: finally showed everybody what I already knew. Once I, I, you know, I've been wondering if I need to text your husband and let him know that I'm, I'm wondering about your Emmanuel Sanders crush, you know, <laughs> but, but he's proven now these last few weeks that he understands the playbook and he's grasping that connection with Drew Brees and it's making all the difference in the world in this team right now.
0: Yes, because Drew is starting to trust him, and and he's the type of player which we've said before he needs to get down the field. And we just we weren't ha- we weren't getting the things that we needed. Drew last night in the second half because I even sent this tweet out. I said, okay, we need 2009 Drew, not 2020 Drew. And it, you know the second half of the game was just completely different. It literally was a tale of two halves. And Drew is is has been known for a long time to be the you know the comeback kid, so to speak. I mean, if you there's been a lot of games that we've been down before, and Drew has pulled a a win out for us, but this game reminded me a lot against, and and I know there was a lot of talk about it this morning, when we played the Dolphins, and we were trailing by 21 points, and this was in the 2009 Super Bowl season, and you know, Drew came back and, and pulled us out of it, and we won, and it was crazy. And this this reminded me a lot of that last night. Now, nowhere am I comparing the season to the Super Bowl season. Please, you sure. know, do not do not say that. But but that that comeback was there. He looked like you know, clutch vintage Drew, and it was exciting to watch, and it was an exciting game. I just, I like I said, for us fans, to watching it, it's so late at night, and they're like the cardiac kids. You just don't know what's going to happen, and they're going on and on and on about this kicker, and he misses it, but like I said, there was a lot of positives to take away from this game. Um, Callaway was incredible. I mean, I know we, we we talked about this last week, about Deontay Harris being out, and right. Kamar being in, and, and we didn't like that, and then last night, you know, he, Callaway really, really stepped up,
1: and... Did a good job. And, did a real solid job returning those kicks. Yeah. He
0: really did, and it just, I, I was really impressed. That was a great takeaway. Kamar just looks like a guy who just cannot be stopped. That well, catch that incredible catch in the red zone was just
1: wow he was having one of those games where there wasn't a lot of breakout which was odd because we'd gotten through the first half of the game and Kamara hadn't really done a whole lot yet and then that catch I still don't know how he came up with that ball but he came up with it and that was really kind of part of that momentum change throughout the second half so you know he he didn't have that electrifying run that we've seen in each of the previous weeks, but he still was consistent. He was solid, he was reliable. And that was something I mean, first half we watched Drew Brees underthrow uh, Kamara on those on those slant routes
0: yeah, he was two struggling. or three
1: times. It was really tough. There was a connection issue, but that changed in the second half. He came up with the play, and how about what I think is the best pass? I have seen from Drew Brees this season and maybe in a few seasons, that, that touchdown catch by Jared Cook was outstanding. Beautiful. It Absolutely was so well beautiful. executed yeah. and Brees put that ball right where he needed to. And I think every single one of us was doubting him uh, to that point. I, I have to be honest about it. you know. I was excited because to
0: see that pass and Jared Cook's such a big guy, it's, he's hard to defend. So to see that, you know, that, bomb go down the field and jack i mean he put it right where he could catch it and it was just perfect and we needed that we really did on another plus note the penalties only five and and i i'd I'd rather be less than that but considering the last couple of weeks and the crazy mistakes now the one i didn't really i was really upset with was the roughing the kicker penalty because you you know better
1: than that you know better than that it was a it was a difficult penalty and i think that Uh, they could have gone either way with that. They could have gone with the five-yard variety. They went with the 15 because the injury potential that was there, the way that he hit. But it's so so fast, the speed of the game. It looked like he was trying to pick the kicker up and uh, cradle him (laughs) for a second there. But it's so fast when it happens. It's really difficult. I can't hold that against the Saints too much. I'm not too angry about it because – those things are going to happen, but you made a considerable change in the stupid mistakes this week that we'd seen pre yes. in, the, in the previous four weeks. That has that much, is uh, much
0: much cleaner, much better, much cleaner play. But uh, you know, there's still there's still things things they need to work on. You mentioned injury on the injury front. We came out pretty healthy. We've got some guys that are still banged up. The bye week, I think when the schedule came out, I was not very pleased that it was so early, but at this point I'm actually really grateful for it because I feel like this team needs to reset. They need to take some time and get their bodies and their minds, right? Because there's been some off the field controversy, which we all heard about it. Mike Thomas has been hurt and he'd been practicing last week and we expected him to return last night and
1: he was suspended by the team for fighting. Yeah. So, it may have been a, you know, it may have been ultimately a good thing that Michael Thomas didn't play last night. He's, he is recovering from an injury that that he could use the extra time on. We are going into another difficult stretch when he comes back. Um, the saints are in a great position, even though they're sitting on top of the division, it's only by virtue of the tiebreaker with Tampa yep. Bay right now. So yep. you've got a lot of things that are going to happen. And of course, if things change and the Saints are not playing in the Superdome, which we'll talk in a little bit about, um, you may need to rely on your receiving core a bit more if you're facing some potentially different field conditions than what you're normally used to playing on. So I don't think ultimately with the things we know now that it was uh, a bad Thing for Michael Thomas not to play. It's unfortunate no, it was, that it, was, it got it to where it did. It's, yeah, exactly. For me,
0: it wasn't a bad thing. I, him sitting out another week, but I know when you're physically unable to do your job, it's hard and he's frustrated and he's a baller. We know that. I mean, he goes out there and goes 110% every game. He wants to play and he's frustrated. And I get that, but it's disappointing that if you're going to hear that, would happen between teammates you would normally expect that in training camp and because you know they get uh, frustrated and you know scuffles happen but for for you know someone of um, Mike's caliber and and he's a you know leader and a mentor on this team to do something like that that's something you you expect to hear from a rookie and I definitely don't expect to hear it from the Saints because we have such you know a united tight um, core of players here I mean we're not it just—it was shocking and disappointing. But like, I feel like you having another week for him to, or two weeks for him to rest, not a terrible thing. All I can say is this: you can say it's a crush, whatever you want. I am so excited to see Mike and, and <laughs> Emmanuel Sanders on the field together because
1: this offense is going to be on fire. It, it does have that potential to be. I got to tell you, I was surprised that that news even came out of the Saints organization because they could have just said, you know what? We're going to give Michael Thomas another week to get ready. Nothing had to be said. There would have – nothing about the turmoil would have come out. However, uh, I think it was interesting because the team – you know there's frustration. They have have played even in the games that they've won. This has not been the team that we're used to seeing. And the expectations are high. The frustration by everyone in this entire world with our current worldly situation – is is weighing on people so we're seeing a lot of things that probably boiled over and i think that you know that's what we did but i am surprised that we even saw that news come out of the organization to be honest with you
0: my crystal ball is saying that it was because they were using his as, as an example to prove yeah. that you know there is nobody big you're not bigger than the team and these things are not going to be tolerated you don't right. get into a scuffle with your teammate, you don't get into a verbal, you know, altercation with your coaches and mouth off and think that you're bigger than anyone
1: else. doesn't matter so, how big of a star you are. No. You've got to, you got to play by the rules.
0: No. And so, Absolutely. you know, uh, lead by example. And they, you know, basically they set the example. So I hope that, um, you know, in, in the end it's, it's a humbling experience for him. And I hope that we don't experience, you have to experience this again with any of our players, I know that you know Mike is a is a great guy. He does a lot for the community off the field. He is like I said, a baller on the field. And you know, when he gets back out there, you know, this is it's going to change our offense. It really is. So you know, hope we all can just move on and you know look look for the towards the Panthers because I mean, Teddy's 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 been doing well, and that's going to be an awesome game.
1: (laughs) Teddy has Teddy. been fantastic. He really, I love, and I'm so
0: happy for him. I just wish he were not in the division. I know it's hard. It's hard to. It's hard to root. Like, I, there's a few players that I, I follow that I like, and, and, and I, I've talked about Mahomes before. And I'm so glad he's with the Chiefs and, and the AFC. But, but Teddy's one of those ones. He's. It's hard to, to not root for him, considering you know where he was in his career, possibly ending with that injury to come back in the way he did and take over for the team last year when Drew was hurt. And then now he's, you know, with one of our rivals. So it's, it's going to be, it's going to be crazy. And we, we may actually be able to attend that game. <laughs>
1: That is a possibility, and uh, moving on to the breaking news today. I think we got to ask about it. So, what is the breaking news, Tina? So, as we know, the Saints put in a
0: special request to have fans at the game last night, and um, New Orleans Mayor LaToya Cantrell said no. So now the Saints have decided to see what their possibility is of playing at Tiger Stadium, LSU, in
1: Baton Rouge. All right, so now it's on the table—a way to get fans in the stands and uh, to see the New Orleans Saints. And I wonder about that. You know, the positive is obviously the fans want to get back in there. We're a team. We're a, a fan base that um, we feel a very close, passionate relationship with that team. It's personal, and so a lot of the, a lot of us would love to be there. Uh, however, I got to tell you this would not be unprecedented because the saints have played at tiger stadium once before. Yes. And that was in 2005. And although that was a, it was a horrendous season. It was a horrendous team. There were so many issues going on. I can tell you that having gone to those games in 05, I would want nothing to do with it, but that's just me personally. It's a different atmosphere. Tiger stadium, the college environment is very different than the pro environment and the, uh, the the stadiums are different. It it, it almost feels, it almost feels like an exhibition. And I don't know how that translates on the field, but I know how it translates in the stadium. It doesn't have the same feel. Again, we'd be talking about 20,000 fans, um, which is about a quarter of the capacity at Tiger Stadium. I'm sure there would be no tailgating, none of that type of stuff that would be allowed on campus, just like there is for LSU. Um, I wonder, and and of course, you've got a field that's a grass field. You've got an LSU team that you'd be sharing a home stadium with on a grass field. I just don't know, Tina. I don't know. What do you think? Well, I see both
0: points of this. As a fan, if I wanted to attend a game, I feel like It's a good opportunity. I have not been to LSU, uh, Tiger Stadium, so I can't speak on behalf of the field, but I have friends who have attended games that are season ticket holders. Um, I have friends that went in in 05. So I see the other aspect of it too, as far as safety, having LSU play the weekend before and in the field. But ultimately it's going to come down to what the NFL decides and what the Saints decide. I mean, they're discussing it right now. They have meetings today. The NFL is aware of it. They've you know, put in a request saying that they want to do this. I'm frustrated because when we first heard there were going to be no fans in the Dome, we were told that it was going to be based on what the data would say as far as you know, the, the, the stages that New Orleans was going into. Because places are stages one, two, three. New Orleans is doing it a little bit different. We're stage 3.1, 3.2, 3.3. Right. So, things are gradually opening as they go into you know the next stage, which i I believe three point two is supposed to be this Friday. So here we are our numbers have gone drastically down they 're taking extra precaution they 've had family members and friends of the team in the dome the last two home games. I believe it was like under right under seven hundred people mm-hmm. so we had no no instances of positive tests they're taking you know all this so i it 's hard for me to to look at it. I guess, objectively, because I'm thinking like, okay, well, one, you've got all your Superdome employees that are out of work. And you I mean, you know, we're a tourist town, so they, they work on tips that the guy, you know, the, the guys that work at, uh, you know, the drink stands, Bloody Marys, you know, your Superdome is known for their good Bloody Marys. So they're losing out of money. And then you've got season ticket holders that gave up their tickets like me and quite a few of my friends. And then now, there's a possibility because initially they were like, well, no, we're not going to have fans in the dome. So now here's the opportunity to where they could possibly play in Baton Rouge. So that's a completely different environment. It's an hour away. Um, The tailgating from what I recall, it's like an open, like parking lot out there. So, I mean, I guess fans would be able to tailgate. I don't know if that would be eliminated because LSU eliminated it. Um, The logistics of having two games back to back in the same weekend, Um, the the field conditions. I mean, it's just a lot like hiring for concessions. Like how would they do that? I mean, this isn't just something you can literally make a decision. This is the time I guess to discuss it since we have two weeks to, you know, to make a decision on the, on the, yeah. um, Yeah. I
1: think it's a good time to discuss
0: it, but it's just frustrating because I feel like the team has done everything. SMG management, the saints, they've done every, they've took every step they were supposed to take at this point they should have been allowed to have fans last night, especially in a primetime game. You know, I don't know how uh, the Chargers fans travel. I can't speak on that behalf. I know, like, the Packers game, I mean, the Green Bay fans would have been everywhere in New Orleans. I can't say how the the Chargers fans would have traveled. But, I mean, just a Monday night game, primetime national spotlight, people go and they have – Drinks and dinner at restaurants, and watch the game in the quarters packed and stuff. So, I me mean, again, New Orleans is still losing revenue from that. um And the Saints, they asked the governor approved it, which is what's just crazy because people keep asking me, "Like, well, how does the mayor supersede the governor?" I'm like, because it, the dome is in the city of New Orleans.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's funny how that Superdome division.
0: The is owned by the state. It's very there's a lot of puzzle pieces that are weird because the state Louis it's it's technically the Louisiana Superdome, but it's mercedes-benz owns the naming rights but it is a louisiana superdome it's it's state property but then yeah. it's in it's in the city of new orleans in orleans parish which she's the, the mayor of so it's very it's very confusing governor says yes saints say okay and then she says no
1: yeah it's a jurisdictional issue and and the city is going to supersede the state in that matter because it's primarily the nopd it's primarily the the fire department And let's be honest, there are fiscal considerations here because we just had the city of New Orleans furlough all of their city employees, including the police and fire department. They all got to give up basically one day a week of pay for the course of the next however time. So anytime that you have an event in the city, now you have to incur overtime costs. You've got to incur the cost for security for all of those things that the city has to handle. So they're trying to circumvent their costs as well as keep the public health considerations in tap. And what they said, their response today was the reason we have not honored the request is because the the Louisiana Superdome is a closed environment, a completely closed environment. And there are no other NFL stadiums with a closed environment that have allowed fans yet. And so that is part of what they're saying in their response. So, uh, you know, I don't know how it's going to all end up. We've got two weeks before we have a game. I would imagine they'd have to make a decision on this in the next uh, three to four days, but who knows how it's all going to play out. Yeah. And LSU,
0: I don't know if LSU, the officials approach the Saints or they approach them, but they're, they've been gracious and said that they're, you know, welcome to have them come and play the game. So
1: it'll be interesting. Well, one reason I think uh, LSU would be open to it, number one, the revenue would be nice for that stadium, but at the same time, they'd like to have a winning team on the field over there at some Uh, point. uh, It doesn't look like it's going (laughs) to be the Tigers this year. They had a very difficult time this past weekend. Now I have to say, uh, you know, part of it, I think, if you watched LSU on Saturday, they were really having some problems on the defensive end, the, the offense, had moments where they came through, but it was a shootout type of game. And it was.
0: I didn't get to see it. I saw the highlights of it. I wish I didn't because it was, like you said, the defense, it, it was rough. It was rough. And, and, again, it goes back to what I said last week. Fans expect more because of last year.
1: Well, they do, and, and this is not last year's no. LSU Tigers. So many of them went on to the NFL. They've got so many new pieces in place. But people also have to take into consideration – LSU was supposed to have a home game on Saturday night, and that game was moved two days prior to Missouri to an 11 a.m. kickoff. That changes your psyche altogether mm-hmm. because not only did you have a venue change, but you lost half a day of preparation. And when you mentally prepare for something, the time can actually have I mean, it can really have a difference, be a difference maker. So I agree. I think those were all part of the factors. I can't say it's the whole reason. I think, I think you know, kudos to Missouri. They played very well. And the Tigers have a big task this weekend going into Gainesville at the Swamp and taking on the 10th-ranked Florida Gators, which right now – we don't even know if nope. that game is going to be played because today, just a, uh, today's a bit of breaking news. Yes. Literally, literally right before the show, right before the show, we find out that uh, five Florida Gators have tested positive. And so that game may be in some trouble right now. It was earlier today. They had pushed the game from a two thirty start to a three o'clock start. Um, so now we're, we're seeing if it's still going to go off, if it's going to be changed, uh, so many question marks, but we're seeing this a lot around the league. Today's Tuesday. We've got a Tuesday night NFL game. Yes. Tonight. My fantasy team is so happy. Thank you very much. Because it's, <laughs> look, I mean,
0: I always, every year I play fantasy football and I say I'm only going to be in one or two leagues and I want it being in four or five leagues and then I do pick them leagues. And I, I'm not going to brag. But I mean, I do really well with my fantasy football. I, I, I won like a couple of times. I come in, I've come in no less than like third place in the last few years. And this year has been rough for me because I, I had Mike Thomas on my team. It, it just, in between the injuries and COVID, it's just been bad. Been bad. So, yeah. <laughs> so two of my leagues I'm doing okay. The other two I don't even want to talk about. But I'm so glad because tonight the Titans are playing. And, you know, they had a, a very bad COVID outbreak there. So, they, you know, and, 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 and of course, I know it's way more important than this game but i mean that's you know that's their job and these guys want to get out there and that's what they do they get paid and they want to play so they're getting to play we are having an nfl game on a tuesday night which is just crazy and i and i'm gonna throw something out there and say that you know if this continues we may have games every night of the week
1: yeah it I really wouldn't be it wouldn't su- surprise me if we start seeing the schedule becoming more scattered all right the nfl and and i have to say they've done a great job with kind of shuffling the schedule around to make sure that things are going safely, that they're not putting their teams in an irresponsible position. So the league has done a good job. We like to criticize the league a lot. I know, but I think they're doing a pretty good job of really trying to handle things uh, with the COVID things that are happening around yeah, the league. Yeah, so- I, I agree. The
0: way they decided to roll and and not do with the NBA, because I know we were critical about that, um, they, they've done a decent job with, with what they're trying to do. Um, I just do think that, you know, we're going to see more shifts. I mean, a lot of teams, um, the, the Steelers, the um, – the Titans, the Chargers. In fact, it's, I mean, just all these teams, their games are getting shuffled around. So because of to, to make adjustments for COVID. And like I said, as long as they can play safely, that is all that counts. I am, I love football. It is my, you know, three hours of of just relaxation. Even though <laughs> sometimes the game itself is crazy, but it's my three hours of just getaway and just, you know, I, lo- I just I love the game, the, the pure game of football. But, you know, at the end of the day, safety and health of our players and our and the staff is more important. So if they've got to shut it down at some point, that's fine. But as that's of right understandable. now,
1: yeah, yeah,
0: as of right now, I think they're doing a good job considering you know they are had some And, some minor and I want to
1: say, you know. We talk about the health and safety of the players, and we've seen the injuries this year. None more uh, heartbreaking and gruesome than what know we where saw you're going. with Dak Prescott oh. on Sunday. And uh, I, I, I think I speak for the entire Houdat Nation that uh, as much as we do not like the Cowboys, we are pulling 100% for that guy. He's a, he's a Louisiana kid, and uh, he's been – uh, nothing but a class act in the NFL, regardless of how you feel about the Cowboys. The yeah, guy's been amazing, and I really and I, wish him the best. That just –
0: my heart sunk. I was outside cooking in the outdoor kitchen, was watching the game, and when I saw that, I said, oh, my gosh. I said, his his ankle is just – his foot, that's not – it's not supposed to look like that. I had to actually turn away for a second. And to see a player like him, and this is a big guy, and he's the leader of the team – Jason Garrett, who's no longer their coach, comes over to him and is like kneeling inside, you know, checking on him. I mean, all the players are kneeling. It was bad. When they carted him off the field, he was in tears. It's hard to see that because, you know, what these guys put in, you know, and what they do to their bodies conditioning all year round. And Dak is a guy who's, who's such a leader and 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 such a you know such a great guy like you said and and he wants to be in dallas long term and and unfortunately you know he's been trying to work on his contract and he's playing you know this year on the on the tag and it's just you see that happen and you're just like, oh, wow. You just hope, you know, at the end of the day that he's going to be okay, you know, and, and and be able to play again. But I mean, people were like, oh man, I don't know if he's even going to be able to be out there. And it was so weird because Alex Smith came back from his injury and was playing for the first time after and like it, 17 surgeries. So, you think, his life. Yes. so you think about that.
1: Yes. So you think about that.
0: Yeah. You think about all of that. And I'm just like, as I'm reading the, you know, the tweets going through my timeline, I'm like, I just, you know, I want the guy to be okay. You don't ever want to see anybody get hurt like that, but they're you got to think of quality of life too. I mean, Alex Smith, I, I still can't believe, I mean, kudos to him. I mean, mean un-
1: unbelievable to see him take the field this yes, weekend. His family, I, I was, and his
0: family was there, which was just, it was all, it was awesome. I mean, was, it really melts your heart to see I, that.
1: I, I could tell you that, uh, I had a little bit of, I think I had a little bit of dust in my eye when I saw that it was, uh, It was really something special to see because that was a man who, you know, when he was going through his compound fracture, he had gone septic and he almost Mm -hmm. died. And we know Teddy Bridgewater had a very similar type of situation. It is such a dangerous game. And when you watch the play that Dak was injured on, it didn't, you know, there was no big hit. There was no, No, it was just a freak accident. These guys really do put their bodies on the line, especially in that quarterback position. We talk about the rules to protect them and everything else. Look at the injuries these guys have taken, and that should be all you have to know. No,
0: and and to think it'd been almost two years since Alex Smith played. I mean, that Mm -hmm. just – you know, to see him out there and what he went through. And, you know, I, I don't know if they're friends or, you know, I'm sure they can get in touch with each other, but I think Dak, I know his brother tweeted or posted on Instagram that, you know, he had successful surgery and he was going to come back better than ever. And, and that's what you want. I mean, especially, you know, you, for any, any player, you just want them to be okay. And, and, and them be able to you know resume their position. And it's just, there, there's, there already was talk literally like not even an hour after the game, which to me is just, so disrespectful you know the 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 talking heads on come on their shows and they're like well you know does this mean end of his career and in Dallas and I'm thinking to myself you know the man's like literally like going to the hospital to have surgery you know, right. that's not the time to even discuss any of that. I mean, but at the end of the day, yes, we love football. It's the game. But, I mean, there are bigger things to that. Let him heal and hopefully, you know, be okay. And then, you know, whatever happens is going to happen. I mean, he's whether he's a Dallas Cowboy or he's a New Orleans Saint or he is a uh, San Francisco 49er, he's going to be okay one way or another.
1: Yeah, and That's right. all that matters. Right. He's going to be just fine. The guy has proven he's an incredible talent. And uh, I know we all wish him the best. So, I mean, it was really a great NFL weekend again. I think it was a crazy week. Even the Thursday night game was another one that every one of the late games this week really came down to the wire. And it was great to watch that type of football. And it's great to have something that really kind of takes your mind off of the other things that are going on. One other sports note I want to give you. So the rumor now is that uh, the Pelicans have – narrowed their search for coaches down to a final four. And although we don't know all the names, we've heard the Tyrone Liu type of uh, rumors, and we've heard uh, Jason Kidd is possibly somebody that's in consideration. But we find out that Stan Van Gundy is in New Orleans today to meet with Pelicans officials and now becomes part of that short list as the, of the head coach potential for the pelicans i know we're we're kind of in that basketball off season even though the championship just finished what two nights ago <laughs> but <Yes. laughs> uh, we're, we're in that little bit of a lull but it is something that we need to keep an eye on because we do have one of the the great young players in the league right now who proved himself somebody who was a rookie of the year candidate uh, we have brandon ingram who is an incredible talent there's a lot of talent on this team with a lot of potential and so this head coaching search is something that we try to keep our eyes on but it's so hard that you know it's it's football season I mean it is it
0: is and 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 this is something I'd like and, and they came out and they said the organization said they were going to take their time and find the right fit which I think I commend them on that because all too often you hear you know when when coaches get fired that you know somebody's literally within a week they make a decision so I commend them on that but I kid you not that I think a decision is going to be made
1: very Aha. soon. I see what you may have done there. And uh, yeah, I, I have a feeling a decision is coming very soon. And um, I, I just really hope for the sake of this franchise that we have something to to start building on. And and really more than anything, the NBA season comes quickly. It It's on you in a matter of months. It's almost like... You know, NASCAR season ends and then it seems like it starts like two weeks later. Hockey season is like that. The NBA starts to feel like that, too. And so we especially this year, because the season didn't end until October, which is four months after it should have ended. And so we're kind of looking at, you know, this is about the time that basketball is almost kind of getting started again versus yeah, just pause, ending. So the
0: pause, the pause definitely changed things. And I, I, I know we were talking about this earlier, but with the with the football season, NFL, if they do decide at some point to bring in a second bye week or pause it, there's been talk about pushing back the Super Bowl. I mean, our off season is so long; it seems like forever. But um, I do, you know, again, I say this, I, you know, props to the NBA for the way they handled that and and, and everything just going about as smooth as you could ask. That's um, true. Outside of just one little small incident with a player. I mean, everything went really well. So, um, you know, for basketball fans out there, I know they're already ready for for what's going to come next. Pelicans fans, I mean, it's exciting. We have Zion and he, he's just, he's an explosive player and he's going to bring a lot to this team and, and and I think help bring them to the next level. So it's going to be exciting, but we've got to get that coach hired first That's before right. we can really go anywhere. And, and before we wrap up, I just, I, I know we talked about this last week with Hurricane Delta. Um, Um, she did, or he, whatever, (laughs) made landfall. And unfortunately, it was like 10 miles away from where uh, Hurricane Laura made landfall. So our thoughts and prayers go out to everyone in Cameron Parish, Lake Charles, Sulfur Wesley, Creole, Louisiana, which I know y'all are like Creole, but that's actually where it made landfall. Very, very small town. Because of course, they were devastated again. And then the crazy thing on top of this is that areas as close to like Baton Rouge and Walker and Baker there were homes that flooded from the backwater coming in from, cause we're surrounded by water here. And, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, it just, it, it, it breaks my heart. So we are thinking of them again. And of course, like I said in the past, if you've had a chance to check out our Facebook group, Louisiana strong, go on there. If you know anybody that's been affected, just check it out, share any information you have because knowledge is key and they need as much help as anybody now, because this has been, you know, unprecedented and double whammy and less
1: than like, literally two months. And we saw more cities that in Louisiana, you know, uh, Laura kind of took that Western track and this one took a little bit more of that Eastern track at Lake Charles. So we saw cities like Lafayette that got hit hard. We saw cities like uh, Alexandria that got hit hard. So, you know, uh, remember to go on Facebook, guys. Check out Louisiana Strong. Tina's done a great job keeping up with things. She'll continue to do that, I know. And I do want to take this opportunity to give another shout out to the UL Rage and Cajuns down in Lafayette, who are now up to twenty-first in the NCAA rank in the in the uh, AP Top Twenty-five. Uh, rolling right along at three and zero this season, and who knows what the what the what the limit is for them, and of course coming out of that area that's really been ravaged, and so uh, we're we're one hundred percent behind the, the Raising Cajuns.
0: Yeah, it's exciting for them. It really is. Because like I said, we've talked about this before. It, it any time something like that happens, you, you look forward to just some glimmer of something positive happening and they're doing really, really well. So that's exciting. And and then we're going to just take this bye week on Sunday and just regroup and who knows, maybe do something, you know, go outside because there won't be any football. We won't be glued to our televisions. And we, we literally went from, you know, our normal 12 o'clock schedule to being back in prime time Uh, last night and then we'll be off this week and then the following week we're playing the panthers at home we think (laughs) 12 noon so we'll be back at our 12 o'clock time schedule i don't know about you but i i I like our noon time (laughs) i'm a creature of habit i I want to go back to our sundays at noon
1: yeah i like the sundays at noon it feels like of course the last few seasons we haven't had a whole lot of those but uh you know we 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 find a way to cope
0: Yes, yes, and we have beautiful weather going on this weekend. So y'all get out there and go
1: enjoy it. And of course, hey, go out you- to the pumpkin patch and start getting yourself a little Halloween. Even though even if Halloween's not what we know, it still go get yourself prepared. Have a, have a nice time with the kids. Go take a hay ride. Do something. Enjoy the it's weather this be weekend. Beautiful this weekend. Definitely gumbo weather. And of course, I know Jeff will be cooking
0: some. I will too. So we'll be sharing it with y'all on Twitter. Which will lead me to tell you where you can find us on Twitter. I am Tina at The Nola Girl, and our official Floors Truly handle is at floors underscore truly. And
1: you can find my fabulous co-host, Jeff. The Nola Rola, Nola Rola on Twitter. Of course, you can also find me on the Facebook. That's Jeff Momus, M-A-U-M-U-S on Facebook.
0: (laughs) So we hope that everyone has a fabulous week, and we will see you next week on Floor Truly. Have a great week and great weekend.
1: Keep the faith.
0: Okay, parachutes ready. Boy, the things I go through to get auto loan rates as slow as 0.99% APR for 60 months on new vehicles with PenFed. You are aware that you don't have to be a military member to save hundreds on your auto loan, aren't you? Anyone can join PenFed. As someone terrified of heights, I probably should have looked into that. Probably. Drop me off at the shore. PenFed Credit Union. Visit PenFed.org slash autos or call 1-800-247-5626. Advertised rates available through the PenFed Car Buying Service. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCOA.